Beers and Tears would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land from which we conduct this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waterways and sky of this beautiful place, and we pay our respects to Elders past and present, and extend that respect to all First Nations people present today, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This episode is proudly sponsored by the beautiful studio space at Small Time Group. Supporting emerging artists to refine their products, develop a plan, and connect with peers and the industry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beers and Tears. Today, I'm joined with Tiana Carsey. Hello, how are you? Good morning, afternoon. Yes. Well, we're here regardless of what time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, do you want to like kind of start by describing your music? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess like a big part of my music and my sound really has a lot to do with my identity. So um, just like my background like I'm born in so-called Australia but um, have mixed background of like Samoan and Anglo-Indian heritage so I grew up listening to a bunch of influences from like you know old school R&B like Aussie rock from the 80s and then also like big on all the pop and jazz stuff as well so I guess my music sort of sounds like a mix of you know all these different genres and like eras but I I do have like a jazz background I, I trained as like a jazz vocalist so I think maybe like a really you know consistent thread that you'll find in my sound is that it's always like rooted in jazz and soul music but maybe a bit more experimental or yeah dipping my toes in other genres too yeah sweet I guess with jazz it's kind of cool because there's not really like a consistent sound to jazz and it's kind of been like ever evolving yeah totally I think um having sort of like a love and then a background studying jazz it helped me I guess find what it is that's like the essence that's consistent no matter what music I make and um especially like considering how much like improvising is a part of my process and my writing um, you know, that to me is like, you know, the sound of jazz really changes over time. Um, but a main component of it, of it is that, um, yeah, you have that element of improvisation and I guess authentic like representation of mostly like black music that's being represented at the time as well, which like I guess for those listening and not watching, I'm definitely not black, but um, I, I fully acknowledge that, yeah, the the history of like the music that I'm really influenced by is completely rooted in in black music history. Mm, Beautiful. And uh, you released an EP a few years ago. Um, Forgive my pronunciation. Megalia? 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 Yeah. Well, see, this is the thing. I guess part of being, you know, a part of a, a generation separated from being as exposed to like my mother tongues and language is that I've even had the same thing too where um yeah it's like Megalia but really that as I've kind of learned um Megalia is like the, the more accurate pronunciation but 
you know, we learn. Yeah. (laughs) Figure it out over time. But yeah, embracing the name of this like region that my family come from and then adapting it to music and having an Australian accent when I sing as well. It's like, yeah, navigating words and names is a bit tricky. Yeah. Well, do you want to tell me a little bit about this EP and I guess the physical location of this place and its significance to you? Yeah, so um, my great-grandmother was uh, an Indigenous Parsi woman, which is um, so the Indigenous tribal Australia, India with, like, South Indian um, sort of landscapes and food. But, you know, in the really northern parts, especially the east, this very green, hilly area, um, this region they call, like, the abode of the clouds, um, lots of waterfalls and these... Um, binders that connect you know over rivers and creeks that have been sort of manipulated over hundreds of years it's like a beautiful magical place um, that when I was learning more about my family history and where my grandma's family comes from um, I was just really like inspired by the the visuals of the place being like it almost has a familiarity um, but also having never been there myself, it was like I had this desire to really reconnect in a very literal way with my heritage, but also acknowledge that maybe if there's a separation um, geographically that I can still access that part of me through my music and, and through, I guess, yeah, more of like a subconscious creative way. Yeah, cool. I read that it's that one of like the last or like few remaining matriarchal societies yeah so um it's a matrilineal society which is a little bit different to matriarchal so matrilineal means that um everything gets passed down through the the women in the family so when um people get married they take on their wife's names um assets automatically default to the daughters and the women so I, i was also really fascinated um learning more about yeah like how this matrilineal society still operates and you know coming from being in so-called Australia where I think you know at the time when I was discovering all this it was maybe like 10 12 15 years ago as a kid but you're still sort of cluing into like oh what's feminism and like what are people talking about when they say the patriarchy and why like I grew up in a very um like woman sort of like dominated family and it almost like resonated me more to find out that my heritage was very linked to this sort of alternative way of living Mm, yeah cool and you've got a track on the ep called they call me um which kind of links topically to women in history and in literature and how they've been depicted and yeah i kind of just wanted to chat a little bit about that as well and how that song came to be yeah sure I mean I grew up um with a lot of like religious influence in my childhood like going to catholic churches and schools and I also just started um I don't know like I think just something kind of switches and you clue into like all these you know, very convenient narratives that usually defaulted to blaming the the woman in the story. 
um, it's very easy to sort of pass the responsibility of like where things went wrong. And I, I always thought like, I wonder what it's done to people to like think about, you know, the first story of like mankind being based off of like a woman being tempted and eating the forbidden fruit. And like, what does that do to you subconsciously if your understanding of humankind is pretty much like damned by the woman from the start? So I think that song was like a um, a really like interesting way for me to like unpack all these, a lot of like biblical names and stories attached to them. But yeah, kind of like also offer something back in a song to listeners where it's, like you can reclaim all of the the labels and titles and names that other people give to you that you might not necessarily like identify with yourself. And I think that also really ties into like slut shaming and name calling and all of that sort of stuff and like how empowering for some people it can be to like reclaim all of these types of negatives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's so interesting. I guess, well, what's your favourite track off the EP? What's, like, you know, one that's kind of resonating with you at the moment? Mm, I mean, I put the EP came out, yeah. it's, like, in 2019. A bit of a while ago. I st- I, 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 yeah, and I started writing the songs, like, a few years before that. So in some ways, like, over time, the more I play the songs and the arrangements change, and I get to like explore new parts of the music that only sort of reveal themselves after time go by. Like my favorite song sort of changes. Um, I think I actually really love playing them in live. Probably being one of the play around with the arrangement, especially because of all the drums that sort of come through in the beat. Like the drums in the actual track on the EP were all programmed and made electronically um, by Sampology, who produced it. So to um, sort of translate that into live drums and then to fully flesh that out and play around with, like, having big sort of drum solos and um, more fun kind of tricky arrangements, like, I really indulge in that. So, yeah, I think I think that one's probably my favourite, more so especially from, like, a live context. Yeah, sweet. And... Well, you've just released a new track recently, um, really peaceful and, like, ambient and just, like, super beautiful track called Luca Manuka. Um, can you, yeah, tell me a little bit about this track, like, the inspirations behind, yeah, the serenity of the track and how it came to be. Yeah, I wrote that song um, with Rio, plays guitar on the track as well. We went out to a few of these, like, off-the-grid cabins. There's a company called Unyoked, and it was a collaboration with Unyoked and Apple Music. And I don't know, like, initially I was, like, really intimidated by the idea of writing a song as a part of, you know, like a a collaborative, like, brand Mm. sort of deal. Um, And I just didn't know if – I was really excited about the idea of, like, going fully – off the grid, no internet, um, being in like a really minimal, beautiful space and just seeing what kind of creative stuff would flow from there. But, yeah, when we went out, I realised like there were so many distractions that kind of stop you from playing 
and how important like play especially when you're improvising and trying to write something and pull something out of the air from scratch like just being able to be in this really beautiful nature-filled spot um there was like cows that came and visited there were butterflies everywhere wombats and like a creek and um yeah just like we were having campfires and just like cooking and that sort of I don't know it made me feel really at ease it was like a part of me was like finally taking that big sigh of relief and um I think from that literally like calming my nervous system and but I think it was the song and all that sort of ambient um and like really relaxed soothing essence to it comes from the place where we were literally just out in nature napping and eating and having the best time and I think it kind of comes across like that yeah sweet and have you what are you working on at the moment like are you writing at the moment and making some new stuff or where are you kind of at I'm in retirement now I'm kidding I'm I'm retired I made it past this 27 months. Yeah. So I think I'm officially uh, retired from music. <laughs> no, um, I was really lucky to get a few grants last year to go towards my professional development as a songwriter and also towards making an album. So I spent a lot of time last year writing and collaborating with other people. I went to some writing camps and, yeah, I've, I've got an album that's pretty much written Um which I'm really excited to start recording because I've got my studio time booked in and yeah, so that's in the works. And then at the same time, I think through um, all of the songwriting, like collaborative sessions I've done, um, I've got some songs, I'm not sure if they will be singles or a mixtape or something, but I've just got some songs that I've written that are so not what I thought would be my sound or they're just kind of a bit different to what I would expect for myself. So I'm really excited to release some songs that are like giving a nod to a few different genres and really highlighting a special connection that I made with some songwriters around Australia. Cool. Oh, God, that sounds so fun. Yeah. Um, Well, I was just going to say you're playing WOMAD that's coming up next month. Um, Yeah. What is kind of your live show going to look like? What can people expect from your show? And who are you most excited to see? It's a pretty insane lineup. I know. I, um, I'm i really lucky to be going to the festival with Izzy as well. So they play in my live band. So they're like a, a soul trio based in Melbourne, NAM. And, yeah, so we're, we're all travelling together. They're doing a set and I'll be doing mine as well. So um, it'll be... Uh, like a really nice throwback to the EP um, with some fresh arrangements and I want to start like I'm going to start drip feeding in some new songs that you'll hear on the album and some new songs that I've been working on with other people so yeah I think as well I'm really excited to have um, backing vocalists for this set which I don't know how but I've never had BVs before uh, for live shows so um, this one will be sort of like the debut of having proper backing vocalist arrangements. And, yeah, I think just like honestly, I'm just I'm happy to be going. It's a be playing music at an iconic festival. Um, the last time I went was 
just as COVID was creeping its way in across the borders. And, um, yeah, I was lucky to go there for one day, but it's pretty amazing that on the other side of all of this, able to actually play this time. But um, who am I excited to see? Honestly, um, Genesis Owusu, I saw at Panama last year and I was just so blown away by his set. I can't wait to see that again. And I just feel like every time he's played, it's just like a full level up and so inspiring to see, you know, like Australian artists, um, you know, really going for it. I think it's really easy to get super laid back when you do shows in your own country, but to just see this high level production or the choreography, like the energy, um, yeah, like it's it's a proper show. So I'm really excited to see him. How about you? I'm like, I need to get some tips on where to go. I'm I'm probably going to go to some workshops, do some cooking shows. I want to do all the wholesome stuff. Yeah, no, the who who's like, I mean, Florence and the Machine is like right up there, and the <laughs> yeah. the um the Garifuna Collective. Um, I like listened to them a while ago. I got into them a while ago, and they've kind of just always been like a consistent band. Um, and they're from Belize. And they're really, really cool. Mm. They got like this really cool, um, like high energy live show. So yeah, I think that one will be really cool. I mean, it's like there's so many people on it. I don't know, like how. I know. <laughs> you, you totally caught me off guard asking because my memory, like I've got limited brain cells right now. So I'm just like, let me have a quick. Oh, Angel Olsen. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I've been waiting to see her for so long. Angel Olsen, um, Sampa. So I I remember seeing Sampa, I think this was back in like 2013 or 2014 when she first started touring and she put out that EP. When I was living in Brisbane, um, I was part of a like a little independent label. We used to do promotions and whenever big hip-hop artists would come over from the States and tour Australia, they usually used to skip Brisbane. So everyone like pulled money together and like there were everyone was just at uni but really wanted to see amazing music and um really hated that Brisbane always missed out on those shows so there was one year that um we organized Odyssey I don't know if you've heard of this rapper Odyssey he's he's incredible so he um came to the show and then we were like we need to get Sampa so we actually brought Sampa up for her first Brisbane show way back um, but similar to like uh, Genesis Owusu, like seeing this high level production for live shows yeah. is so inspiring. So I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like a sponge. I'm like, no more two stepping. Like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, I want choreography. I want the costumes, the hair, the visuals, the the full package. Her live show is incredible. I saw her. Um, it's so crazy. She was opening for Billie Eilish. Um, and I was just like, wow, mm. this live show is so, she's just incredible. Like, it's incredible to watch. And you just, like, walk out and you're just like, whoa, what the, what the heck was that? That was, like, way more than I ever would have expected. They just go above and beyond with the live show and you're just like, okay, that is, that's what you got to do. <laughs> like, yeah, it, like, lights a fire under, like, I know for me personally, it lights a fire under my ass to be like, there is no reason why I can't 
I shouldn't be dreaming of those that have, you know, this incredible like visual aspect to it as well. And so I think it can be really easy for musicians. I don't know if it's like part of the tall poppy syndrome culture to just be like, no, the music's enough. And it's like, yeah, but the music gets better when the visuals like support it. And I don't know. I I feel like, um, yeah, everyone should just, you know, be yourself, but like add an extra 20%. And um, yeah, those big like production shows really inspire me. And we're also talking about this whilst Riri's doing the halftime show. Yeah. And I saw before she's like levitating on. Literally insane. Well, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Well, thanks for having me. I hope to see you around at Wormad. Yes, hey? definitely. I have to go for a boogie. For sure. <laughs> <laughs>